This episode is made possible by our friends at Bold, Shopify's largest app developer. They have some amazing apps that do cool stuff on your Shopify store, like allow you to sell subscriptions, memberships with exclusive site access, upsell offers, wholesale pricing, daily deals, loyalty points, product bundles, and so much more. And good news, they have an offer for our listeners to get any of their apps free for two months by going to e-commerce-bootcamp.com slash bold. Hello and welcome to this episode of the unofficial Shopify podcast. And joining me today is a man who, within the Shopify community, needs no introduction. He's known primarily for his facial hair. Joining us is Eric Bandholtz of Beard Brand. And if you don't know me, I'm Kurt Elster, Shopify expert, author of e-commerce bootcamp, and today, beard enthusiast, though mine is nowhere near as fine as Eric's. Eric, thank you for joining us. What is going on, Kurt? <laughs> uh, Happy. Happy to be on the show. My pleasure. Man, the uh, the honest truth is it is frigid as hell. Uh, it's like three degrees in Chicago. It is awful. Well, I don't envy you at all. I'm down here in Austin, Texas, and got a nice long sleeve shirt on, but that's about it. <laughs> I'm jealous. Well, pants, too. Yeah. It's uh, it's grim here. So, man, tell me about, uh, tell us about your business. Oh man, I could probably ramble on for a good three hours uh, about beard brands. So do it. I'll give you the I'll give you the thirty five thousand foot view. Uh, beard brand is a, a bootstrap business that focuses primarily in men's grooming products, uh, with a focus on beard care products. And we launched on the Shopify store back in two thousand thirteen, and we've organically grown um, up to a seven figure business. Uh, through a lot of hustle, hard work, and and uh, and great products, and uh, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of it in the nutshell, I'd say. <laughs> well, that, I'm yeah, no, that that is a a, a lot of details uh, miss out. No, there's the <laughs> it's a, a succinct, concise description. Um, okay, two things. Number one, uh, what do you sell, and what what's your what's your best selling category? So beard care is, is really our, our primary focus right now, and, and beard oil is probably our number one seller. Um, but we've got like a beard wash and a beard softener that do really well. And we have this beautiful uh, Made in America box that ties together a lot of our products that also uh, does really well for us. Do you see, and this is really, I'm just kind of solely for my curiosity, do you think your gift or your, uh, your product's mainly given as gifts, or these are people who are like invested in their own beard? Yeah, I would imagine that most of our customers are people who are using it. I think probably about 70% of our customers are guys, which for uh, a grooming product, um, I think is really rare. I think a lot of men's grooming products are are typically handled by uh, their significant others. And uh, we really have a a loyal following of customers and and, uh, appears to be mostly guys. Interesting. The uh, I would have guessed there's a lot of a lot of gift giving going on there, and like that's at least how people get started with it. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I want to doubt there's gifts, and, and to a certain extent, it's it's tough to track, right? Because if a guy's ordering it, he could be buying it for a gift, you know, for his dad or his brother, um, or he could be buying it for himself. So it's really kind of tough to to tell, and and we don't do any surveys of our customers to ask them if they're buying for a gift or buying for themselves. Have you ever done a survey? I get a lot. I've done, I do surveys, you know, for my own 
clients and customers and for clients. Um, I get a lot out of it. Have you ever considered it? Yeah, we've done one survey uh, back in the past. Uh, it's not a, a big strategy for us. We're really engaged with our community. So uh, we're on YouTube and social media and, and of course, Reddit. And we're talking with our, our customers and our, our potential customers like constantly. So we have a really good gauge. So you don't have of, a need. So really, I mean, you're getting the end result of a survey and it's getting that, that insight into your customer base. Yeah, I think we, we get a pretty hands-on idea of, of what our customers are looking for, what they're asking for. And then uh, and then we look at it from um, a sales number aspect as well. Like, obviously, actions speak a lot louder than words. And to a certain extent, um, surveys are never going to be fully accurate with uh, predictive uh, analysis of, of what they want in the future. So if anything, I would do a survey. It would be more like what you said, like figuring out how they're buying things, if it's a gift, if it's for themselves, um, you know, and how long their beard is, you know, just kind of stuff like that. Not like what kind of product would you buy in the future if we made it like this? Because, you know, actions speak louder than words. Oh man, there's so many directions I want to go in. Okay. So number one, the softball question, I have a beard. The only thing I do is wash it with soap and trim it. it what am I doing wrong? Should I be engaged in beard care? Oh yeah, man. Like I can't speak uh, for, for everyone else out there, but we formulated our products to be as much for the skin, as much for your face as it is the beard. So a healthy okay. beard starts with a healthy face. And what uh, a beard oil product is going to do is a, a leave-in um, moisturizer, essentially leave-in conditioner. And it, it will help soften up your beard, add a little bit of shine, and it just smells fantastic. And what happens when you hop out of the shower after washing, uh, the washing process is stripping your, your skin of your natural oils. So beard oil is just a, a product that is going to bring back those oils that you stripped away by by cleaning it. So it's it's more of uh, bringing everything back to the, the, the natural state of, of your body chemistry. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I gotta. That is something uh, I should try. I'm curious. Yeah, okay. and and it's 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 really designed for a beard of any length because it is so much for your skin. So a lot of guys think that if they have scruff or a pretty short beard, they um, they don't need a product like this. And well, I, I guess really no it. no one needs it, but it, it definitely makes the experience so much better. Right. Yeah. Well, I keep it short because it gets like I feel like it gets wiry or scruffy. I don't know. I should try oh. it. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got like uh, 90 videos on beard care that you can really dive down and, and uh, follow the rabbit hole if, if you want to become an expert groomer. There's a lot of, oh, man. Okay, so the, you've, you've said several things that I've, like, I'm making notes for f more questions to ask. All right, so first one, you mentioned, you said you're a bootstrap business. Do you have a strong opinion on not taking, um, on not borrowing money, not getting loans or, you know, angel investors, what it have you? Is it important to be bootstrapped, do you think? You know, every every business has their own journey. So there's no right or wrong business. There's only what's right or wrong for you um, or for, for you as an individual. And, and for us, you know, we've created a business because we want to be free individuals. We don't want bosses, you know, and, and I view an investor as a boss. 
That's um, what it is. I talked to someone who told me, and someone who finds investors for businesses in Silicon Valley, and he said, if you have investor, that's a sexless marriage. So know that before you go into it. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, maybe we're leaving a lot of money on the table with our, our growth rates and, and the, the potential that the company could be. Um, but we're also debt-free as well. So we, I view, you know, loans and debt as another another boss. So yeah. we try to keep a, a very uh, well-run organization uh, with with good cash reserves to to be able to to make the decisions on our own and, and also to have patience with our strategy so that we don't have to always be you know trying something new trying something new to hit the next home run. Yeah, I don't want to tell people like yeah, don't take loans, but you know at the same time I'm a hundred percent in agreement with what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, in Fairyland, it's nice and great, you know, if, if you can build that, but it's not always 100% applicable. So, um, you know, there's always sacrifices and risk in business that only you are going to know if it's appropriate. And it's, and you only know if it's appropriate at the time with the information you have. And as you get more information, you may change your outlook on things. So um, I definitely don't judge anyone. And I, I definitely don't think there's like a one right way that you must be building your business. Right. Okay. So one of the things I've heard, you know, already in the, the few minutes we've been talking repeatedly is the word community. And I know you started as a community, not a business, correct? Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it was this, uh, this bustling and huge community by any means, but uh, we launched with the uh, a YouTube channel, uh, a blog, and a Tumblr page, and our community was was really founded on on those platforms. And I, I think, you know, from my standpoint, like I I generally think a community as like a Facebook group or you know like a, a forums or message boards or something like that. And and as we've grown, I've kind of realized that a community can really be embraced in, in a lot of different ways, a lot of different platforms. Um, but with the, the blog and the YouTube channel, uh, YouTube especially has is, is always been a really great community for us. Yeah, I think YouTube, you know, I personally don't have a lot of experience with YouTube. And I, you know, the few videos I've put out, like when I started for the brief time where I consistently just happened to upload a whole bunch of videos to YouTube, all of a sudden I started getting subscribers. I thought to myself, like, yeah. and I still, I haven't pursued it, but all of a sudden I thought to myself, like, geez, maybe this is some, you know, impressive untapped channel. Do you, um, you know, what do you think about that? What do you think about, you know, how should people tackle YouTube or building these community channels? Because I see, you know, everyone wants to make, you're like, oh, I want to make social media work, but then they don't know how to do it. Yeah, I'm super bullish on YouTube. I think YouTube is the best social media platform out there for organic growth. Um, I don't think there's any other social media platform that can touch it when it comes to, to what YouTube does for people who create content. Um, you know, we haven't bought any ads on YouTube. Our growth has been purely just from YouTube's um, algorithms and being able to consistently create. Um, I mean, I would even just call our own content pretty average to good. Um, you know, not even great content, but it's consistent and, uh, you know, they reward you. And, and I think we're getting on average like 1.5 million views. No, 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 excuse me. Uh, we're getting 600,000 views a month. Yeah. Um, that's tremendous. Truly impressive. Yeah. 
So with, how do you go no, from no dollar spent at all? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, organic growth like that, like you know, so many people would would trade places with you in an instant um, to get that kind of growth. So one of the interesting takeaways I'm getting from that from you, um, you know, what a lot of people would call like social media marketing or content marketing, you're calling community building. And I think that's such an important distinction to make. You know, you're saying like, yeah, our content's not phenomenal. It's just good. You know, it's like um, I heard someone made this analogy the other day is you have to make you have to view it a relationship with those customers, with your customers, almost like a bank where it's like, all right, you better make three deposits of like valuable content before you ask them to buy from you, which is like the one withdrawal. Yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, I think there is maybe a slight difference between like community and, and content marketing. Like the goals are, are definitely different. Like at Beard Brand, we are trying to change the way society views beardsmen. We're trying to make it so um, when people think of a guy with a beard, they're not thinking of just the traditional stereotypes of a biker or a hippie or a vagabond, but also show them that there's professional guys out there who choose to wear facial hair and, and that it's okay to be a salesman with a beard or it's okay to be uh, in the office with a beard or, or to be a pastor or a priest or a leader in your community. Um, whereas I think when we started the company, um, that wasn't very accepted at all. You know, you'd get a lot of flack for having any kind of facial hair in those traditional uh, roles. You know, one of the, like, I don't know, the important distinction I see you making that other, the mistake that other people make is, you know, nothing sounds to me like you're trying to sell anybody. You're just trying to change, you know, build a community around having a beard and create content around, here's how you care for a beard and market, um, you know, and, and make an effort around, let's change the way people perceive beards. And then as a side effect of that, you're saying, well, here's tools to care for your own beard. Am I getting that right? Yeah, yeah, you've almost, I mean, that's almost exactly as how I would say it. I mean, in addition to like changing society, we want to help our customers' lives become better. And it's more than just grooming, you know, it's um, financial things, it's, it's their style, it's their confidence. Um, a lot of guys will grow their facial hair out because of significant things that happen in their lives. Like they got a divorce or they graduated college or, hmm. you know, uh, you know, they lost their job or, or whatever it is. Like the beard is, is kind of like this point in their life where, you know, they want to figure things out. And when they're out there searching for things, we want to be a resource for them to really help them, um, become better men really. And, and to, to make the world a, a better place, a, a loving place, a, a friendly place. Um, and, and one where they can feel like they're truly themselves. I'm writing that down. I love that. That you just said you're like, I mean, really your mission statement is to help men become a better version of themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, how cool and, is and, that? And, and I mean, a lot of, I think a lot of companies could say things like that, but, um, when you look at our website, like urbanbeardsman.com and our urban beardsman YouTube channel and, uh, all the, the media we've, we've brought in with, with Tumblr and Instagram, like it's not about us beard brand, you know, it's not about our products. It's about, you know, the, the information that we can provide to them. And, and we talk about so many different things outside of the products we sell that um, I think it really helps build uh, loyalty and, and trust to us. And, and, and I think people's, I, I do think 
and I, I've, I've read emails from our customers of, of the impact we've made. So it is a, a very fulfilling type of uh, um, business that, that we've created and, and we've grown. So, you, uh, so you're entirely responsible for urbanbeardsman.com, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's a, a property of Beard Brand. We, we own that property. So would you say like a typical, my guess would be then that like is Urban Beardsman or the, you know, those content marketing properties, those are the biggest refer that converts to, to purchasers to beardbrand.com. Um, I mean, we've, we've got a pretty broad and diverse um, conversion rate. Like organic does really well for us. Paid search does well for us. And uh, of course, direct does well and, and referrals from Urban Beardsmen do well as as well as other websites out there. So we try not to, to build all of our or put all of our eggs in one basket and, and have a pretty diverse um, funnel, for lack of better terms. Like I'm just scrolling through. Man, there's a lot of great content here. <laughs> yeah, we're up to I think we're up to about uh, two or three posts a day. So uh, we've we've really put a lot of effort into uh, into the channel and, and put in a lot of good content out there. How do you grow that? How do you get to, um, you know, like you've had, it sounds like you've had, you know, steady, but fairly rapid growth. What pains did you experience along the way? Um, you said what change did we experience? I said what pains. Oh, what pains. Yeah, I mean, um, with rapid growth, you can always imagine the the pains of inventory issues. Um, we had that. And and the pains of, of growing a team rapidly. Um, we had a lot of challenges uh, with that as well. And then of course, um, you know, just it's a lot of work, a lot of energy, a, a lot of our blood, sweat and tear, tears are in the business. And um, you know, it's not like we're sitting around on yachts and just watching business grow, um, which, you know, I, I wish I could figure out a way to do it that way, but, um, people who sell that story, I think they may be, um, maybe overindulging on, on their capabilities. <laughs> so how do you, uh, like, so you're, you know, as the business has grown, your role, has it changed over time? Oh yeah. I mean, um, when we started, I was, I was primarily, primarily the only employee of Beard Brand. I was working full time and, and I'd get a little bit of help from my founders. And then, um, and in a, a previous life, weren't you a designer by trade? I was a self-taught designer and a financial advisor and salesman. I was a total like career uh, journeyman. Uh, it seems like there wasn't much of anything I didn't try uh, in the business world. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the goal was like essentially like each hire we would have would, would drop off like one aspect of business that I didn't like. So uh, I dropped off like operations and fulfillment inventory management, you know, just on and on until ideally I'm focusing on, on just the things that, that I love doing. So one of the, um, you know, one of the things I see people like, you know, entrepreneurs who start as a, a business of one struggling with myself included is, you know, being that, that superhero where you say like, I've got to do everything myself because only I could do it and I could do it right. Did you ever have trouble, you know, as you delegated more and more stuff, as the brand grew, did you ever have trouble letting go and delegating? I did. <laughs> do I? I still have troubles with that. There's uh, still things where I, I try to come in and, and solve the issue and 
or for whatever reason, I, I don't find solutions to take it off my plate. So um, that's a that's a huge hurdle for me. And uh, I do feel so emotionally connected to the brand that it is a challenge. It is really hard work to to do it. But I mean, there's there's some things that I just hate doing. So I have no problem, you know, getting them off. Like bookkeeping, I have no desire to do bookkeeping. <laughs> like, hey, that was me. Like, those, same here. That's probably one of the first things I delegated was, you know, send that to someone like, you know, bench.co or, or less accounting autopilot. Like those are great services that just you pay a hundred bucks a month and now you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no desire for me to hang on to that. But there's things like it was hard to get give up uh, like customer service because I love interacting and, and talking with our customers and and uh, it's really the front lines and and then there's some like creative that I've given up as well like a lot of the design. Um, so I've turned turned a little bit of that over lately and um, but it's good, you know. I think uh, it, it's hard, but. Um, there are people out there who are as talented as you at, at those particular things. And it's just a matter of, of finding them and, and piecing them together. Um, yeah. Which if can you be can, you know, once you can let go, you know, I think why, well, I, I don't know for me anyway, like once I'm able to let go once and see that, you know, nothing terrible happened, suddenly I feel like this just sense of relief that it's like, okay, that's one less thing I have to worry about from now on. You know, I can put, and then I can invest myself in something like new and more interesting in my business. Yeah, the problem, Kurt, though, is when you let go and something terrible does happen, and then that's kind of where you lose a little bit of that that trust and faith. So, yeah, it's tough, man, but it's it's definitely uh, necessary to grow, uh, without a doubt. So, yeah, no, you just can't do do everything yourself all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so you have, you know, of, of anyone I talk to, I think you probably have like more insight, more experience with, you know, this vast myriad of, of marketing channels. What do you think, if someone were to, like, we're starting fresh, what would be, what would you recommend? Like, what's the one channel to start with? Because what, you know, I just see people, like, spreading themselves too thin and then saying, like, oh, none of this works. And really, it's like, cause, well, yeah, you try to do everything all at once. Yeah, I mean, really, it kind of depends on what that person's style is, you know, how they communicate, um, how they interact with people. Uh, my personal favorites, um, my my two most pay- personal favorite platforms are Reddit and YouTube, um, and I think they both bring a lot of value to a business in different different kind of ways. Um, but if you're like more of a verbose guy, a writer, then maybe blogging is the way to go, you know, uh, or Medium.com, or if you want to keep it short and sweet but interactive and real time, then Twitter's great. Um, of course, everyone's on Facebook. Uh, I, I, with the exception of me, I'm not on Facebook. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really like you have to look at yourself and determine like what do you want to do because it's your time that you're spending on these platforms. Find one that you like, find one that you enjoy, and and really build uh, on that platform because they'll all give back. You know, they'll all give back if you put put into it. I think there's like a really a common theme you know, I'm, I'm hearing from you. Um, and I think it's true of successful entrepreneurs. Um, you know, you do stuff you're passionate about. So like build the, 
you know, fundamentally, it comes down to build the business for the life of the life you want. So if there's, you know, like if one thing gives you joy versus another, if writing is easier for you than, you know, making a video or you prefer doing YouTube videos to writing, like then do that thing, do the thing that's easy and, and passionate and gives you joy. Yeah, absolutely. And and the reason, you know, I talked about it earlier that a lot of the videos are kind of like average to good is because I'm doing it at the level that I still appreciate it. And kind of when I go above and beyond that level, it starts to become like work and a grind for me. And those grinds, you know, they suck the life out of you. And, and if you keep on doing them, then you won't be able to do it long term. So you know, kind of finding that balance of, you know, the point where you enjoy it the most and, and can really produce. Because if, let's say you like writing articles, but you only like writing 500 word articles. And, you know, everyone says you've got to write 2000 word articles. Well, you know, if you write 2000 article word articles, and then you get burnt out, then you're not going to write anymore. But if you just keep on doing it at 500, you're going to find your audience that connects with that. I think at the same time, like, you know, one of the things you said is like, well, this stuff's very, you know, we're creating very average videos. Well, there's authenticity in that. If you're making something that's like super polished, I think at some point, like you reach a point where it stops being, it stops connecting, it stops being believable as, you know, authentic and grassroots. Yeah, I mean, I think it's with, with YouTube, there's so much more than the video, but it's also your comments and responding to people and interacting with them. So I, th- I do think there's a lot of opportunity to, to improve the video and, and maybe it's not so polished where everything's on a tripod and the lighting's perfect and all that, but it's, you know, it, I think you can always improve the story, right? The story arc of, of your message. Um, and that's kind of what I talk about when I talk about our, our average, it's not really the production quality, but it's, it's that message and the, and, and, uh, the script, that I'm trying to get out there, which can be improved greatly. Yeah, sharing that's that story, that journey. I think that's incredibly powerful stuff. So we're coming to the end of our time together. Probably have gone over time. Um, do you have any closing thoughts? You know, like what's one thing you wish every Shopify store owner would do? You know, I think the world is a much better place when you are passionate about what you're building, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be passionate about your products, but you have to be doing something that you can stand behind uh, and love. And whether it's a business model or a way you're doing it or the product that you're bringing to the community, have that passion and um, show it to the world. And um, if you do that, you know, success will find you um, or you'll be happy and unsuccessful. <laughs> you know, and, and either are, are good problems to have. No, that's a, that's a great quote. I, really, I enjoy that. So where could people go to learn more about you? Uh, if you Google my name, Eric Banholtz, you'll pretty much find me. I'm the only guy out there. But Beard Brand, of course, is our website. Urban Beardsman, we've we've talked about those. And then uh, YouTube, Reddit, Eric Banholtz, Banholtz, it's all me. And I will, uh, I'll include that stuff in the show notes so people could find it easily um, for those of us too lazy to Google. And <laughs> I mean, that's it. Anything else you want to include before I, I wrap it up? No, it's been an awesome chat real quick. This is fun. Yeah, it goes by fast. All right, let me record the outro. To our listeners, however this audio made it into your ears, you can find out more about it at unofficialshopfypodcast.com. And if you'd like to be notified whenever a new episode goes live, you can sign up for my newsletter at kurtelster.com, and I'll shoot you an email whenever we post a new episode. Thanks, everybody, and we'll be back next week.
program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at e-commerce bootcamp. That's e-commerce-bootcamp.com.